This is new faculty nugget number five, preparing in brief, regular sessions. This is a series of podcasts based upon the book we give new faculty at orientation. The book is Advice for New Faculty by Robert Boyce. Bob Boyce was a faculty development officer for over 35 years who did research on what distinguishes new faculty who go on to be successful faculty from new faculty who do not go on to enjoy success in the academy. He found that there were eight behaviors that successful faculty, those he calls exemplars, engage in, but many times they just do these things intuitively. So Boyce hypothesized that if he helped all new faculty act on these principles, many more could be successful. And, in fact, that's exactly what he did find to be true over the course of his career. So, you don't want to learn to be a successful faculty member just by trial and error. You don't want to be mystified at how to make it in this profession. Think about the eight pieces of advice that form the framework of the book, Advice for New Faculty. This is New Faculty Nugget number five, and it is based upon chapter three, and a little bit of chapter 11 in the book by Robert Boyce, Advice for New Faculty. The person who works so moderately as to be able to work constantly not only preserves his or her health the longest, but in the course of the year executes the greatest quantity of work. Robert Boyce makes this quote on page 2 in his book, and the quote is from Adam Smith, The Wealth of Nations, written in 1776. Boyce also writes on page 39, We generally work at teaching as we learn to work at term papers, seminar presentations, and convention, what he says, performances. (laughs) We wait too long and then binge at the preparation, sometimes in great marathons. Does the shoe fit? This way of working is not only inefficient and unhealthy, it's also self-perpetuating as well as self-defeating because binges, so long as they last, exclude other important tasks that need doing and then those too must eventually be binged. We can get on a cycle of waiting to do important work until we have that mythical big block of time available. You know, the time we'll have, oh, during winter break, summer vacation, the time we'll have on sabbatical, or my personal favorite, and I've actually had the unfortunate experience of hearing faculty declare this, waiting for retirement. So what's the antidote? Boyce says, use the small amounts of time we actually have and use them regularly. (laughs) Here are the behaviors that Boyce on page 40 writes that exemplar faculty exhibit during their first six years in the academy. One, believe it or not, they do almost all their survival work, that's his term in quotes, survival work, their teaching and their writing. They do almost all of it in brief, regular sessions. Two, they initiate early work on teaching or writing in sessions that are so brief 
so short that no scheduling is required. 3. They don't wait to feel like they're in the mood to start or restart their work. They just do it, and they count on that in-the-mood feeling to follow. Number four, brief, unhurried sessions help protect the teaching plans themselves from being sort of contaminated with pressure. And five, brief, unhurried sessions forestall that cycle of binging and hypomania. So, if preparing in brief regular sessions is so beneficial, how can we change any patterns of our behavior that might be a little less beneficial? First of all, Boyce would say that we must suspend our skepticism that small bits of time can be truly valuable. This may be the hardest step of all. There are examples that abound. William Carlos Williams was said to write a line, a single line of poetry between each patient, but over a lifetime, that amounted to a significant body of work. Louis L'Amour only wrote five pages a day, 600 pages a year, three books annually, for decades. On page 41, Boyce writes... Not only do we have to suspend our skepticism that small bits of time can truly be valuable, but we also have to suspend our objection that our creativity and brilliance will be stifled if we act in such a workmanlike manner, regardless of our mood. Often he finds that scholars in the academy depend on some voodoo muse to generate the, the creativity, the ideas, and the uh, motivation to do this work. We have to suspend our objection that our creativity and brilliance will be stifled if we act in this methodical way. Only after agreeing to basically trust in these baseline assumptions does Boyce allow us to consider courses of action. And it really is a matter of trust because most new faculty report that these two assertions are counterintuitive. So you just have to suspend disbelief. The main strategy for succeeding in working in brief, regular bouts is to schedule, say, 15 minutes per day when all you do is think about your instructional commitments. Use this time to sketch out ideas for your teaching sessions all along through the semester, not necessarily just the sessions coming right up. At the outset, you may have to force yourself a little bit to sit down at the appointed time with your computer or your files, notes, music, whatever, and begin your preparations. You're not going to think you can produce anything, but what, what can you produce in such limited amounts of time? Free writes, diagrams, sketches of relationships between information, note cards, conceptual outlines. All of these little artifacts move your planning for your teaching forward in unpressured, sometimes even playful ways. Successful faculty tend to make this scheduled planning interval very attractive by doing some different things. Some around a campus have said they allow themselves to have gourmet coffee 
or we have one who uses a beautiful pen, you know, the kinds that are sold by Levenger and that. Or sometimes they even just move to a different tabletop within their offices. Do something that makes the planning time, brief as it is, sort of a protected ritual that you look forward to. Other faculty have found that they set an alarm to alert them and office visitors when the schedule time has arrived. It's a little way of enforcing on yourself that this 15 minutes is equally as important as any other appointment you might make. Or sometimes faculty will enlist a spouse or a mentor to call them with a reminder or email them with a reminder at the appointed time. Most of the time you outgrow the need to sort of set yourself up for success. Some faculty reward themselves after the session, but Boyce warns that this can be a slippery slope because sometimes faculty make the mistake of holding a reward out for themselves that has to do with their health. Uh, They'll say, I won't sleep until, or I won't go eat lunch until. Be really careful about that. Boyce suggests that the most effective rewards are things that allow you to share with a colleague the fruits of your session. An email, a phone call, a stroll over to the union for coffee, or some other pleasurable social interaction where you get to share what you created, what you thought of, what you did. Now, lest we get too dogmatic about applying the strategy of scheduling brief, like 15-minute, regular, like everyday, sessions, Boyce clarifies that moderation and balance are necessary when applying this rule, too. Into each life, emergencies and contingencies will come. His recommendation for contingency management is to notice if you are missing more than one regularly scheduled brief session every two weeks. More than that, and it is not really a contingency problem, but a compliance problem. Many of us are no doubt at this moment remembering advice on house cleaning or other somewhat aversive tasks that we've received in the past that follows this same pattern. If you can't suspend skepticism sufficiently to try the strategy of brief regular sessions in your teaching, maybe you can make a test case out of some other responsibility you have and try it there. Robert Boyce, in his book, Advice for New Faculty, recommends that we transfer this concept of brief regular sessions to our instructional pace as well. What works for faculty works for students. They learn better in brief regular sessions. Divide your instructional time up into 8 to 12 minute segments, not sweating the details within each segment. Each segment concludes with an attempt on your part to ascertain student comprehension questioning, make them perform, make them mimic or role play, or sometimes even just have them discuss. And finally, we can transfer this idea of working in brief regular sessions to our scholarly writing, too. In a related chapter, chapter 11, on page 138, Boyce notes that when writers work daily on projects, even very briefly, here he's talking about five and ten minute increments, but when they work daily, ideas stay fresh in mind from day to day. 
so less warm-up time is needed before writing the next day. Brief daily sessions allow time and energy for collecting and noticing things that induce imagination and organization. Brief daily sessions mean shorter, less fatiguing sessions of work, which in turn makes the work less of a struggle and more welcome each day. So instead of getting on that vicious cycle, you get on a positive cycle. And not the least of it, brief daily sessions really can fit into your already busy schedule. So let me know how you are doing implementing brief, regular sessions of planning for instruction. I'm interested in how you are incorporating the principles of moderation and constancy. Remember, remember Adam Smith's quote? The person who works so moderately as to be able to work constantly not only preserves health the longest, but in the course of the year executes the greatest quantity of work. New faculty nugget number five, preparing in brief, regular sessions.